Hello and welcome back to College Football Mania. As always, I'm your host, Brendan Hendricks, and today I'm going to be breaking down a wild week 10 and giving my predictions for at least the remaining games on the week 11 slate. So first off from week 10, we have BYU killing um, Boise State in a game where I thought Boise State really would upset BYU, but BYU, this is a legitimate win that they finally have. Um, So credit to them. They finally got a ranked win, which is what I wanted to see from them to see if they, you know, looked like a legitimate, um, you know, top 10 contender if they were just there from playing cupcakes. So they did well. Um, And they didn't just barely beat Boise State. They beat them 51 to 17. So good for BYU. They looked good. Then we have Miami, number 11, Miami barely beating an unranked um, NC State, 44-41. to 41. Derek King played insane this game, throwing for 430 yards and five touchdowns. Um, Miami's defense just really struggled, um, limiting an, a poor NC State offense. So Then um, we have Indiana blowing out Michigan. So Indiana is ranked now in the top 10 for the first time since like 1968 or something crazy like that. Um, and Michigan is terrible, and they need to fire Jim Harbaugh because the Michigan State team they lost to last week just got blown out by Iowa, or they lost to two weeks ago, got blown out by Iowa this week. So, um, yeah, no, Michigan looks just awful. They look they look abysmal. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm kind of just in shock at how poor this team is playing at this point. Um, Because, you know, for a minute I thought, oh, maybe Mel Tucker just turned around um, Michigan State really fast. But no, that's not the case. Michigan is just not a good team at all. And Jim Harbaugh has had so many years to turn around this program, and he hasn't been able to do it. And they really just need a new coach. Um, And you see people saying, yeah, Michigan gets 9-10 win, you know, seasons, though, normally, you know, 8-10 to win seasons. Yeah, but – you know, is Michigan paying Jim Harbaugh um, to, you know, beat Maryland and Rutgers every year, you know, in teams of that caliber? Or are they paying them to, you know, contend with Ohio State, to contend with Penn State? You know, it's they just they need a new coach. They need a coaching change because they have the talent there. They have the culture. They don't have the coach, and they need a new one. Next, we have... Number 14, Oklahoma State barely beating a 4-3 and three Kansas State team, 20-18. to 18. Like I said, I think Oklahoma's gonna trend, Oklahoma State's going to trend downwards. They are. Um, probably should have lost this game, but got away with a lucky win. Number 15, Coastal Carolina keeps rolling as they beat South Alabama 23-6. Marshall um, also keeps rolling. Now, Coastal Carolina 7-0, Marshall 6-0, Marshall beat UMass 51-10. Iowa State is barely able to beat a 1-4 Baylor team, so um, the Big 12 really just is in shambles because <laughs> Baylor is pretty terrible, and Iowa State, who's supposed to be the second-best best or the second-best team in the um, Big 10, could only beat them by a touchdown, so not looking great. Um Number 18, SMU destroys Temple, 47-23. to 23. I don't have a lot to say about that game. SMU 7-1, Temple's 1-4. Um, 
Um, Oklahoma has won, I think, four in a row now um, as they beat they beat Kansas 62-9. to Kansas is the worst Power 5 team. They are 0-7, but put up 62 points on anyone, and I'll be impressed. Um, then we had a absolute thriller, um, a game that Arizona State, it was Arizona State at USC, and Arizona State really should have won. They fumbled um, so hard, not literally, but, you know, they fumbled the bag. They just, they choked so hard. Um, they were winning like 27 to 14, you know, like four minutes left or something. Um, on one fourth down, Keaton Slovis just throws it to the end zone, like, you know, a Hail Mary type play, and it gets tipped up and just caught by a USC player. Then they recover an onside kick. Then on another fourth down, um, Keaton Slovis just throws an absolute dime to um, Drake London in the end zone for a touchdown, and they won. Um, and Arizona had a chance to win the game um, on their drive. They threw it deep like three times in a row when they only needed to get 10 yards because they had two timeouts. They had plenty of time, but for some reason, um, Herm Edwards-Alaire thought the game plan should just be to chuck the ball downfield three times in a row, which I didn't really get because they had plenty of time to drive. Um, and it was fourth and 10 and they didn't convert. So they lost the game, but yeah, Arizona state choked very hard um, and should have won, but credit to USC for uh, rallying on the comeback. Texas, number 22, Texas barely beats West Virginia, 17 to 13. West Virginia um, basically did what Arizona state did. They got down to Texas's 10 yard line twice on a fourth and one and didn't convert either time and lost the game because of it, which was pretty embarrassing. Um, you have to go one yard, and I think they, they threw it to the end zone once, and I think they threw it like 10 yards the next time too um, and tried to score when all you needed to get was one yard, and they would have won the game because one of the conversions was like with one minute left in the game. So an embarrassing loss for West Virginia, an embarrassing coaching call um, twice. If it doesn't work the first time, I don't know why you go for the end zone again the second time, but whatever. Um and Liberty, number 25, Liberty beats a pretty good Virginia Tech team, 38 to 35. So, um, yeah, I mean, good for good for Liberty. They really, um, Virginia Tech should have won, but they didn't score at all in the third quarter. You know, they put up three points in the first quarter, 17 points in the second quarter, then just didn't score in the third quarter, then put up 15 points in the fourth quarter, but that was too late. They'd already lost the game. Um, and then now for um, the next half of games. Um, so continuing, we have Rutgers um, losing to Ohio State 49-27, to but still looking pretty good in their loss. Um, putting up 27 points on Ohio State's no joke. So, yeah, um, they're looking, I wouldn't say on the rise yet, but they look, you know, decent. They look a lot better than they have looked. They've always been the laughing stock of the um big 10 so you know good not a good win for them they lost but a good um a good showing um they also threw two like kickoff one of them was a kickoff um they threw a lateral on it and another one they threw a lateral on a punt return and actually scored off of it so um someone said the birthplace of college football you know rutgers is now reinventing the game which is um you know, pretty true right now. They're <laughs> running all sorts of ridiculous plays. Like last week when they threw like that crazy, like 13 lateral um, touchdown, got called back, but it was wild. Anyway, yeah, Rutgers is a very fun team to watch right now. 
Next, we have what I, I called this game. I'm going to praise myself for a second. Every, I know I miss a lot of predictions, but so does everyone. It's college football. I called this game, the result of it, because it's a big game, in summertime. I called it before the season even started, which was I said Florida is going to beat Georgia. It's their year. They're going to catch Georgia when they haven't been able to in the you know past few years. They're going to beat Georgia head-to-head, and they're going to win the SEC East, which has been not dominated totally by Georgia, but has been won by Georgia, you know, a lot more than Florida recently. Um, and they did, they won 44 to 28. And that's because right now in the current, um, state of college football and the status quo offense, not defense wins games. And this was a great showing of that. Georgia has a great defense. Um, not a great offense. Florida has a great offense, not a great defense and Florida wins. Um, convincingly too. It's not like it was like a one touchdown game. It was 44 to 28. So right now the most important thing in college football's offense, obviously you still have to play defense. Or you'll um, end up like not the Big 12 this year, but the Big 12 has um, how the Big 12 has, you know, stereotypically recently been where they just like, you know, get blown out in the playoff every year because um, they have no defense. But yeah, at the moment, if you have a great offense and an okay defense, you're going to win a lot more games than if you have an okay offense and a great defense. Um, So yeah, Florida wins. It looks like they'll win the SEC East as well, unless they choke a game. Then we have Cincinnati um, advancing to 6-0, and beating Houston 38-10. to um, I don't have a lot to say about that. It's just, you know, I mean, good for Cincinnati. They still look good, but they haven't really played a ranked team yet. Um, then we have Texas A&M destroying South Carolina. South Carolina is only 2-4, and four, but when you beat a team 48-3, to three, that's impressive, no matter who you are. So, um, yeah, so A&M enters – um, gets voted up to number five in the country for the first time since the Johnny football era. Um, so very exciting win for that program. Well, not very exciting, a very exciting domination shown from that program. And now they look like a legit playoff contender. Um, then we have number 12, Oregon destroying Stanford 35 to 14. Uh, Tyler Shaw got the start for Oregon. There was some uncertainty yet who would get the start at quarterback. Uh, throwing 227 yards and one TD, so a pretty good debut. And finally, we have what is definitely the game of the year so far. What This is why I love college football. This game right here was so fun to watch, so much drama, so much action. Um, it's an amazing game, which was number one Clemson versus number four Notre Dame. Now, uh, here's a learning lesson. Last week I said I never do lock of the weeks, you know, um, because I think you can't miss on a lock of the week or, you know, you can't do another lock till next season because you lose your credibility for the season um, on locks. That is not all of it. Um, And, you know, uh, but I said, I was so confident, even without Trevor Lawrence, even without a few defensive starters playing that uh, Clemson would be Notre Dame, which obviously the result is out now, but looking back on it, hindsight's 2020, but I still agree with what I was saying um, because Notre Dame hadn't looked very good good going into this game and Clemson had looked very good. I mean, except for the Boston college gear, but I assume that was just a one-time game, but apparently it wasn't. Um, but yeah, this is why I don't do lock of the weeks because the one I do this season, I miss. So you're not going to hear any more locks from me this season. Um, but what a game. Um, Notre Dame wins in double overtime, 47 to 40, um, beating Clemson, which, um, 
the only person, I mean, a few people thought that would happen. Not very many, but Lee Corso on college game day called it. And I thought, man, what is this guy doing? Like, and you know, now look what happened. So, you know, you never know in college football, but what an exciting game. Um, DJ Ugalele, I, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, played amazing for Clemson, um, throwing for 440 yards and two touchdowns. And Kyron Williams, Notre Dame's running back, played lights out, running for 140 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and Cornell Powell, Clemson's receiver, caught six, um, had six catches for 161 yards and one touchdown. So a lot of great players on both sides. But um, yeah, uh, so a lot of the argument is, you know, Clemson was missing starters and they'll have the start, especially Trevor Lawrence, who's considered to be the best player in the country by a lot of people. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, the thing is, I've, I feel kind of a little bit, I see both sides because on one side you can say, yeah, Trevor Lawrence didn't play, but Ugalele played and he played amazing. You know, are you going to tell me Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for 600 yards against Notre Dame? Cause Ugalele already, Ugalele already, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. I'm messing that up. Um, he threw for 440 yards. You know, how many more could, what more could Trevor Lawrence have done? But on the other hand, you have Trevor Lawrence has X factors. He's a leader, you know, um, not above all else, but that's one of his, you know, attributes. He wins games. He is like last year when he was playing Ohio State um, in the playoff game. He had that like 62-yard run, which completely shifted the momentum of the game. So Trevor Lawrence is more than just, you know, a stat machine. He's a leader and he makes big plays. He is total X factor. So I definitely lean to the side of if Clemson had Trevor Lawrence, they would have won. But we'll get a rematch, which is the great thing about this, because um, assuming Notre Dame doesn't lose like three, two or three games left on their schedule, if I think they have to lose three of their um, remaining games to n- not make the ACC championship or something like that. Maybe it's only two. But anyway, assuming Notre Dame, you know, continues their streak um, and loses like only one game, you know, they should most likely rematch Clemson in the ACC championship. So that's the great part about this, you know, you know, you can make the argument if Clemson had Notre Dame, they would have won. Or if Clemson had Trevor Lawrence, they would have beat Notre Dame. Not if Clemson had Notre Dame. And we'll get to see that. And we'll get to see if they really would have or not. But an amazing game. And let me just praise Notre Dame for a minute. I have been very harsh on Notre Dame um, because I not anymore, but I a lot of people agree with me when I say or said that Notre Dame seems overrated. Um, you know, I think that's a pretty common opinion. They're like kind of like Texas; they're very overrated. They always seem to underperform. Um, but what a win for this program! Uh, they haven't beat the number one team in the nation since like 1993 or 1992 when they beat Florida State. So just an amazing a signature win for this program. Um, really shows you what Brian Kelly's been able to do there. Um, you know, and they've struggled in the past few years. Not really, but, um, you know, being a top-tier team. They've always been a good team. They've struggled with being a great team. And this win certainly proves that this team right now as it is, is great. Um, so I've been harsh, you know, on them. I was very harsh on them after they could only beat Louisville by, like, uh, five points. Um, seven, it was, I think seven to 12. So yeah, five points. Um, which rightfully so I'm not taking back that criticism. I'm just saying 
you know, at the time I stand by what I said, but right now, you know, I criticize them. I criticize people when they do bad. Um, and, you know, I praise them when they do great. And this was a great win for them. And this current Notre Dame squad looks like an, a stellar team. Ian Book, I've been harsh on. I said um, he can't, you know, play with the big dogs. He doesn't throw well against good defenses. Well, Clemson, you know, their defense is, I would say, pretty good. You know, one of the better ones in the country. And he played amazing. So, um, I mean, he did have that one fumble in the end zone. But most mostly um, – for most of the game, he played well. He was a good game manager, and he led his team to victory. So um, all the credit to Notre Dame. They played an amazing game. Now, um, Week 11 doesn't really have a lot of exciting games left. A lot of them have been canceled or postponed. Um, in fact, let me count. Six have been canceled or postponed just so far. Um so, you know, I'm just going to do a quick fire of the remaining games. Um, tonight, actually, because I'm recording this on a Friday, and the reason this podcast is coming out late on a Friday instead of a Sunday was, you know, there are lots of rumors about games getting canceled, and I just wanted to, you know, be able to cover the games that are actually happening, not the ones that are getting canceled. Um, so tonight we have East Carolina visiting Cincinnati. I'm taking, obviously, Cincinnati. East Carolina is 1-5, Cincinnati 6 and 6-0. Oh. So I'm taking Cincinnati in that one. Then we have number nine, Miami, um, versing an unranked Virginia Tech. But Virginia Tech's actually favored in this game. Um, ESPN's giving them a 63% chance to win. I believe in their favorite on 62.1% chance to win, and they're favored on the spread by um, two points. Um, but I'm taking Miami. I'm going with the team that's 6-1. and one. I'm going with Derek King, who has 1,800 passing yards and 16 touchdowns. So far, I think they'll get it done. Um, they're number nine in the country. I don't really think they should be that high, but um, still, I'm going with Miami. I think the U will get it done. Then we have number 10, Indiana, visiting Michigan State. I'm very easily taking Indiana as Michigan State just got blown out by Iowa, who wasn't even that, isn't even that good of a team. Um, and Indiana just crushed Michigan. Um, they had a win over Penn State, you know, the week before, uh, or two weeks ago, and then they beat Minnesota. I No, they beat Rutgers. They beat Penn State, they beat Rutgers, then they then they beat Michigan. So the only close game they've had was against, you know, Penn State, um, who's since fallen to 0-3, but still, um, I'm going with Indiana. Um, then we have Middle Tennessee visiting number 16, Marshall. And um, I'm going with the Thundering Herd on this one. This is the 50th anniversary since one of the greatest sports tragedies of all time. Um, when a plane carrying uh, the Marshall team and coaches, and I th- believe some fans as well, crashed and, um, you know, killed everyone. Um, a, great, a very, um, you know, sad event in college football history and in sports history. Um, so this game is going to clearly be emotional for you know, everyone, especially for Marshall University, as it falls on the 50th anniversary of it. Um, and it's being played at Marshall. And I'm going with the Thundering Herd, you know. They're 6-0. and I'd pick them even if it wasn't on the 50th anniversary. But you know, it's going to be a very, you know, emotional game, I believe, for them. But I definitely think they're going to get it done. Um, I Marshall by a lot. 
Next up, we have Western Carolina visiting number 22, Liberty. This is Western Carolina's first game of the season. However, I'm going to go with the team that just beat Virginia Tech, Liberty. You got Liberty on this one. Then we have number 25, Louisiana, who's ranked again. Um, LSU still isn't ranked, and Louisiana's been ranked, fallen out of the rankings, and gotten re-ranked all before LSU could get their way back into the rankings, um, which is kind of ridiculous. Anyway, South Alabama's visiting the Ragin' Cajuns. Um, I'm taking the Ragin' Cajuns by probably 20-ish. Um, would be my guess on how much they're going to win by. They're 6-1. and one. South Alabama's 3-4. and four. South Alabama's not that good of a team. And Louisiana's, you know, rolling. They had that one loss to Coastal Carolina, but since then we've, you know, discovered how good Coastal Carolina is. So definitely taking Louisiana in this. And we have number two, Notre Dame, versing um, – unranked Boston College, and okay, I'm calling an upset. I just praised Notre Dame a lot in this um, episode, um, you know, but I'm going with Boston College in this one, and my reason is it's a little bit superstitious, but last time Notre Dame beat the number one team, I said it was 1992 or 1993, I believe. It was Florida State. They beat number one. The very next game, they played Boston College and lost. Same scenario. Notre Dame just beat number one Clemson. Now they're going to have to go play Boston College at Boston College. I'm taking Boston College. You know, history repeats itself. Um, I don't have a ton of – I mean, Boston College is a decent team. They're five and three. They're not amazing. But um, they played Clemson close. Um, I don't have a lot of, you know, basis for this claim besides, you know, um, the history of this – of what happened last time Notre Dame beat a number one team. But I'm going to – you know, I want to have a fun pick. So I'm – Picking Boston College. Then we have number 20, USC, visiting Arizona. USC just beat, I believe, um, who what's now the second-best team in the Pac-12 South. I originally thought they were the best team, but USC beat them head-to-head. So um, I'm taking USC over Arizona. Um, they just had a very convincing – not a very convincing one. It was very lucky, but they still beat a very good team, in my opinion especially for the Pac-12. So I'm going to say USC is going to roll to 2-0. We have number 23, Northwestern, versus Purdue. I'm taking Northwestern. Um, this is their first 3-0 start since, like, I believe, like, the 90s. Um, it could be a little bit more recent than that. It could be in the 2000s. But anyway, their first 3-0 start in a while. Um, they've looked good. Their defense hasn't allowed a single point scored in the second half. Um, so far this season. So, yeah, they're too good for Purdue. They're going to win. Then we have Arkansas visiting number six, Florida. Florida just decimated the um, second-best team in the SEC East. Arkansas is only 3-3. Three and three. They should be 4-2 and two with that whole Auburn um, refereeing mishap. Um, but I'm still taking Florida easily. I'd say Florida by, you know, 20 or 30 points. And getting into the final stretch of games, Oregon versus Washington State, um, both 1-0. Um, Washington State had a thriller against um, Oregon State last week. I'm still taking Oregon, though. Um, they looked good. They looked very convincing, and they went over Stanford. I think they'll move to 2-0. Then we have SMU, number 19 SMU versus uh, Tulsa, who's unranked, and I'm taking Tulsa. Um even despite Tulsa's close, close, close encounter with um, uh, Eastern Carolina, where they were only able to win 34-30, to 30, 
it still remains that their only loss of the season is to Oklahoma State, um, which was the first game of the season. So I cut them slack because, you know, a lot of people dropped their first game of the season because um, it was the opener in a weird year without an off season. Um, but I'm taking Tulsa over SMU. They're going to move to four and one. Then finally, we have Wisconsin versus Michigan. I'm taking Wisconsin by a lot. Um, I don't think it'll be a close game whatsoever. Wisconsin hasn't played in two weeks, and I still think they're going to beat this Michigan team, which really shows you what I think of Jim Harbaugh's um, squad right now. So Wisconsin by like 17. And that wraps up this um, week's episode of College Football Mania. I hope you enjoyed. I'm your host, Brendan Hendricks. See you guys next week.